1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive, so I'm taught the Word of God. My life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. We've been in this series this year on the truth about money. And a while back, the Lord whispered to me in prayer, obedience is better than sacrifice. And he said, this is the lesson from the Old Testament My New Testament people never learned. And so that's actually the title this morning, The Lesson from the Old Testament God's New Testament People Never Learned. Now, we went over this passage back in the spring. I believe it was April. But this morning, we're going to hit the same passage from a different angle. Our series is The Truth About Money. Uh, So let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 9. 1 Samuel chapter 9. Now, the sad story of King Saul in 1 Samuel is a lesson for every Christian. God can call you. God can change you into a different person. God can anoint you. God can give you position and wealth. But if you do not do what God says do, your life will end in ruin. Obedience is the key to everything. The other day out walking and praying, these words were whispered into my spirit man, Obedience is better than sacrifice. And the Lord said to me, this is the lesson from the Old Testament my New Testament people never learn. My dear friends, let that not be said of us. I'm going to give you the points as we go through the passages for the sake of time. Number one, God can call you. God can call you. 1 Samuel 9, 17, when Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, this is the man I spoke to you about, he will govern my people. So it was God who called Saul. It was not Samuel's bright idea. Number two, God can change you into a different person. God can change you into a different person. Samuel said to Saul in 1 Samuel 10, chapter 10, verse 6, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into a different person, and it came to pass. Chapter 10, verse 9, as Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. When they arrived at Gibeah, a procession of prophets met him. The Spirit of God came upon him in power, and he joined in their prophesying. When all those who had formerly known him, saw him prophesying with the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? So God changed Saul into a different person. Number three, God can anoint you. God can anoint you. Chapter 10, verse 1, then Samuel took a flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head and kissed him, saying, has not the Lord anointed you leader over his inheritance. So God anointed Saul. Number four, God can give you position and wealth. Number four, God can give you position and wealth. We won't take time to read the whole story, but in 1 Samuel 11, Saul rescues 
the city of Jabesh, the people had been ambivalent about Saul as a leader. But when God gave Saul a mighty victory, a mighty military victory in 1 Samuel 11, Saul became an, an instant celebrity. Celebrity. Look at verse 14. 1 Samuel eleven fourteen. Then Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go up to Gilgal and there reaffirm the kingship. So all the people went to Gilgal and confirmed Saul as king in the presence of the Lord. There they sacrificed fellowship offerings before the Lord, and Saul and all the Israelites held a great celebration. So God gave Saul position and wealth. Number five, but even if God does all of that for you, if you don't do what God commands you to do, your life can end in ruin. Even if God does all that for you, if you don't do what God commands you to do, <clears throat> your life can end in ruin. I, I couldn't count them. I could stand here from now until midnight and tell you stories. Forget about lay people. I could stand here from now until midnight and tell you stories of preachers. And God blessed them. And God changed them. And God anointed them. And God gave them position and power and wealth. And they ended in ruin. See how they love it? They're shouting me down. Glory! Did you know this is the largest full gospel church in the Metroplex? When we pioneered the four largest full gospel churches in the Metroplex, then, forget about being diminished, they do not even exist today. They don't even exist. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go from something to nothing. Shout it out loud. I don't want to go from something to nothing. So number five, even if God does all that for you, if you don't do what God commands you to do, your life can end in ruin. In 1 Samuel 12, Saul re retires and gives his farewell speech. And Saul's first act of disobedience is in the very next chapter, chapter 13. 1 Samuel 13, 5, The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. Now, 3,000 charioteers in those ancient days was a huge military force. And soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. Wow. Verse 6, when the men of Israel saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. In other words, they hid, they ran away, and they went AWOL. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops with him were quaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings, and Saul offered up the burnt offering, which he was not authorized to do. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. And this is why you have to stand your ground. And it doesn't matter what the heck is going on out there in the world. You have got to stand your ground. You have got to pick your spot. You have got to let the Word of God come out of your mouth. And you have got to hold the line. It's exactly what... Faith Christian Center did in the year of the corona. We picked our ground, we found word that covered our situation, and we stood our ground. We didn't yield. Amen? 
ain't gonna hide in a cave. Half of America out there is hiding in a cave, ain't gonna hide in a cave. Quaking with fear. And when you decide to do something stupid on your own, five minutes later, your answer shows up and, and you're going to be looking pretty ridiculous. Just as he finished making the offering, Samuel arrived and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? Asked Samuel. Saul replied, when I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, I better put my mask on and hide in my basement. He said, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You acted foolishly, Samuel said. In other words, Saul, you didn't follow instructions. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. In other words, Saul, you didn't follow instructions. If you had, he would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. So God's criteria was this and only this. Saul, are you going to do what I tell you to do or not? That's it and that's all. You know why I'm valuable? <laughs> Look, if you think you're not replaceable, really, really, really? What makes us valuable to God is this one criteria. Are you going to do what I ask you to do? Because he doesn't have that many who will. And if you will live a life doing what God asks you to do, you are of incredible value to the Lord. But once you give him reason to think that you will not do what he asks you to do, you, my friend, become expendable. Because he'll go with somebody else. Pastor, how can you say such a thing? Because I'm, I'm discovering this principle in the Word of God. I mean, the man, five minutes has not passed since he unlawfully off, offered a burnt offering to the Lord. Five minutes hasn't gone by, and God is down the road looking for David. So God's criteria was this and only this. Saul, are you going to do what I tell you to do or not? That's it. One criteria. So based on what the Holy Spirit whispered to me the other day, obedience is better than sacrifice. And this is the lesson from the Old Testament my New Testament people never learned. Let me ask you this. Are you going to do what God has commanded in His Word? Are you going to do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. This is the lesson from the Old Testament. God's New Testament people never learn. And this is the truth about money. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's no end to the blessing God will lay on you if you will just do what God asks you to do. Then in 1 Samuel 15, we see Saul's second act of disobedience and the real lesson for this morning, 1 Samuel 15, Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord has sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. And it's not in my notes, but God is saying to this church and to the church across America today, that is the order. Saul did not go to Washington to suck up to Saul to get a free meal and to get his photo taken. The man of God is not beneath the king. The man of God is above the king. You do not go to the king to suck up 
and get a free meal and get a photo op. Samuel said to Saul, I am the one the Lord sent to anoint you king over his people Israel. So listen now to the message from the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will punish the Amalekites for what they did to Israel when they waylaid them as they came up from Egypt. Now go attack the Amalekites and totally destroy everything that belongs to them. Do not spare them. Put to death men and women, children and infants, cattle and sheep, camels and donkeys. And the Lord's speaking to me right now. Here's another reason some people don't prosper. When you find fault with the Word of God, you cannot prosper. Well, pastor, he said women and children. If God wants them dead, that is God's business. Yeah, but, see, there it is. And that's why you can't be trusted with more because if God gives you more, you'll be, yeah, but in God. Now, these were the instructions of the Lord. Like it or lump it, this is what God wanted, and there's a reason for it. Oh, my gosh. Side journey. I'll try and hold it to 60 seconds. These people, the Amalekites, had been corrupted with angels lying with women. Don't have time to get into all that. But there were giants in the land, and a lot of them were in this group. And God wanted that monkey business that had tinkered with a human genome wiped out. And I don't even understand it all, but Jeremiah and Julia Thomas, pastors in Rochester, New York, when they were here, said that Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, Governor Nipplering brags that the new vaccines change the human genome and make men less aggressive and more pliable. You hear me? There's only been one time in history when Satan messed with the human genome and the flood of Noah followed. And they're messing with the human genome again. It is above their pay grade. They have no right to mess with the human as God created Adam and Eve. Verse 4, so Saul summoned the men and mustered them at Telaim, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men from Judah. Saul went, went to the city of Amalek and set an ambush in the ravine. Then he said to the Kenites, go away, leave the Amalekites so that I do not destroy you along with them for you showed kindness to all the Israelites when they came up out of Egypt. So here we see the justice of God and the mercy of God. See, God says, wipe out all those Amalekites. We find out elsewhere it's because some of them were giants and the seed of man had been corrupted. Wipe them all out, but give the Kenites warning so they can get away and not be destroyed. So it's not just justice, it's mercy. So the Kenites moved away from the Amalekites. Then Saul attacked the Amalekites all the way from Havilah to Shur to the east of Egypt. He took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive, which is not what Samuel said. And all his people he totally destroyed with the sword. In other words, he disobeyed God's instructions through the prophet Samuel. But Saul and the army spared Agag and the best of the sheep and cattle, the fat calves and lambs, everything that was good. Did you know in the Bible it says, Sue reminded me of this the other day, don't even touch their clothing. In other words, he disobeyed God's instructions through the prophet Samuel. And all of this is based in covetousness. They didn't want to kill the sheep and the cattle and the fed calves and the lambs. 
and they kept everything that was good. Which is really the sin of Achan. These they were unwilling to destroy completely, but everything that was despised and weak, they totally destroyed. And that's the way a lot of God's people do, you know. That's why in 37 years of church history at Faith Christian Center, we have never asked God's people to bring toys and donate toys for the nursery. Because I know people. They will bring every two-wheeled tricycle and every three-wheeled wagon and they'll bring every uh, buzz, whatever that, that name is, that doesn't work anymore, whatever. They'll bring everything broken. No! 37 years. We collect the tithe and then we go buy new for the children of God. We go buy new for the babies of the church. Can't leave that up to people. Because they'll bring you what's weak and despised and rejected. So again, Saul disobeyed God's instructions through the prophet Samuel. They killed everything, the animals that were despised and weak, but they kept everything that was good. Verse 10, then the word of the Lord came to Samuel, I am grieved that I have made Saul king because he has turned away from me and has not carried out my instructions. Don't let God grieve over blessing you. I said, don't let God grieve over blessing you. And there it is, verse 11. So God's criteria was this and only this. Saul, are you going to do what I tell you to do or not? That's it and that's all. We had barely moved in the building. Chuck Jeter was an usher and he was walking down the hallway behind this stage. And the Lord spoke to him. said, you know why your pastor is able to do all these things he's able to do? Because he does everything I tell him to do. It's an anointing that comes on you when you do what God says do. Because God doesn't have that many. I mean, if God wants money to go here or God wants money to go there, how many does he have that he can speak to? Samuel was troubled and he cried out to the Lord all that night. Verse 12, early in the morning Samuel got up and went out to meet Saul. But he was told, Saul has gone up to Carmel. There he has set up a monument in his own honor. The greatest king of Israel the world has ever known. And he was nothing but a screw up. There he has set up a monument in his own honor and has turned and gone down to Gilgal. So Saul did what? After disobeying God, he actually set up a monument to his own honor. Do you see my name on this building anywhere? There is a name in the building. Lester Summerall's, but it's not mine. And nobody in 37 years has given more money to this church than Sue and I have. How come my name is not anywhere? Well, because I'm not stupid. We obey God. And then we let God honor us. We don't honor ourselves. Are you hearing me, church? We obey God. And then we let God honor us. Amen? When Samuel reached him, Saul said, The Lord bless you, I have carried out the Lord's instructions. <laughs> no one says, Pastor, don't ask me to do this or that because I'm unfaithful. People think they are faithful even when they're not faithful. The word faithful means an exact copy of the original. Faithful means doing the task the way you were instructed to do the task. And, you know, people have trouble with this. I, there are things I want done, and I want them done the way I want them done. And I'm the one paying, so it gets done the way I want it done, or I'll get somebody else. Now, where did I learn that from? Talk to me. Where did I learn that from? From, from Father God. 
Verse 14, but Samuel said, what then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? Total classic, you know, God's got a sense of humor. What then is this bleeding of sheep in my ears? What is this lowing of cattle that I hear? So Samuel called Saul's hand on his claim to have carried out the Lord's instructions. The evidence of Saul's disobedience was the noise being made by the sheep, the cattle, the calves, and the lambs. And Saul answered, verse 15, the soldiers brought the soldiers. Are you getting it? The soldiers brought them from the Amalekites. They spared the best of the sheep and cattle to sacrifice to the Lord. Your God. Now it's not even our God or my God. It's your God. But we totally destroyed the rest. This is called excuse making. Excuse making. I disobeyed because I had a better idea. And get this, people still do this today. People do this constant super fake spirituality to cover up the fact that they don't do anything directed by the Bible. And as a result, their lives are filled with trouble and they subsequently want to blame others for their self-inflicted misfortunes. They do the exact same thing today. Stop! That's verse 16. Shout stop. 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 Samuel said to Saul. In other words, I just can't take all this baloney. Let me tell you what the Lord said to me last night. Tell me, Saul replied. Samuel said, although you were once small in your own eyes, did you not become the head of the tribes of Israel? The Lord anointed you king over Israel. And he sent you on a mission saying, go and completely destroy those wicked people. The Amalekites make war on them until you have wiped them out. Why did you not obey the Lord? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? And that, my friends, is what the Spirit of God asked everyone this morning who is not following the written instructions of the Bible on money. This is God's criteria. Are you going to do what I told you to do? Seeing if we can't do what God tells us to do, then why, A, why should he bless us? And even worse, why does he need us? Why did you pounce on the plunder and do evil in the eyes of the Lord? But I did obey. Saul said, I went on the mission. The Lord assigned me. I completely destroyed the Amalekites and brought back Agag their king. So Saul is lying. I said, Saul is lying. Can you see this? One reason Christians are defeated is they are self-deceived. They disobey God all the while claiming that they are obeying God. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God. And there it is. That's a phrase. We don't have time for that side journey. That is a phrase from the sin of Achan. When God says something is his, it's his. Tell your neighbor, when God says something is his, is his it's his. Tell the neighbor on the other side, when God says something is his, it's his. It's his. And if we don't give it to God, it's devoted to destruction. Don't have time to do that message this morning. The soldiers took sheep and cattle from the plunder, the best of what was devoted to God, in order to sacrifice them to the Lord, your God, at Gilgal. Again, excuse making. People do this constant super fake spirituality to cover up the fact that they don't do anything directed by the Bible, and as a result, their lives are filled with trouble, and they subsequently want to blame others for their self-inflicted misfortunes. And here... Samuel famously replies, verse 22, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination, and arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, He has rejected you as king. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Say it out loud five times. Obedience is better than sacrifice. <laughs> and this is the lesson from the Old Testament God said my New Testament people never learn verse 24 then Saul said to Samuel I have sinned 
I violated the Lord's command and your instructions. I was afraid of the people, and so I gave in to them. <clears throat> he what? Now I beg you, forgive my sin and come back with me so that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to him, I will not go back with you. You have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you as king over Israel. People just don't read the Bible. If you reject the word of the Lord, the Lord rejects you. How can you say, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. How can you say you love God and you hate His Bible? How can you say you love God, but you hate Jesus? Same thing. How can you say you love God, but you hate His Bible, or you find fault with His Bible? As Saul turned to leave, Saul caught hold of the hem of his robe and it tore. Samuel said to him, the Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to one of your neighbors, to one better than you. I don't ever want to hear those words. He who is the glory of Israel does not lie or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. That's where that famous verse is we quote all the time. God is not a man that he should lie. Or change his mind, for he is not a man that he should change his mind. That's where that verse is. Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord your God. So now Saul is not even claiming the Lord God is his God. He is saying that the Lord is Samuel's God. And notice what he says, please honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel. Me, me, me. Honor me, 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 me. The Lord told me a couple of years back that what it was was the greatest revelation of my life. That I studied Deuteronomy and I applied my heart to wisdom and I became a doer of the word of Deuteronomy. And I saw that my life wasn't about my life. My life was about my children. And now Samuel's got this thing going, this whole grandpa thing going, and now I see that maybe I lived all this time to get here for that. I'm not saying the girls aren't important, but he's the one that Austin and Jessica gave to God before he was ever born. So... He doesn't even belong to any of us. You gave them to God. You can't get them back. Let me tell you what. It's a wicked, 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 wicked thing that goes on in the world. But it's a wicked, wicked, wicked thing that goes on among the people of God. Me, 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 me. I hate to be the bearer of bad news on a Thanksgiving holiday Sunday. But the clock's running on you and your time's almost up. It's about the children. It's about the children. It's about the children. And then their children. And then their children. But you see, Saul, me, 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 me. Honor me. He erected a statue to himself. You know, I told Sue, if, 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 I, if I go to be with the Lord, throw me in a riverbed. Throw me in the ditch. People have the weirdest ideas about what matters. Somewhere to the north, there's a planet, and he lives on that planet. And when we pass from this life, we go there, and we will be rewarded for deeds done in the body. All right, that's one sobering factor, but here's another. What are you going to do in heaven without your children?
It says in the Old Testament days that they wore their eyes out looking for their children. Is that going to be what happens to believers in heaven? Are they going to wear their eyes out looking for their children? What will you do in heaven without your children? Me, 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 honor me is wicked. It's wicked. It's wicked. I asked the Lord, this must have been 20, 25 years back. I said to the Lord, I said, I don't often ask him personal things. Incredibly rare I ever ask him anything personal. But I ask him. My grandpa on my dad's side, was full gospel. He married this old rattlesnake. And uh, every time there was, because there was no full gospel church, so anytime anybody was, was doing a tent revival, my grandpa would go to the tent revival. And I only learned this. I never knew this from my grandmother or my father. Nobody ever told me this. But after my dad died, one of my father's cousins, I bumped into her in Benton, Tennessee, and she told me all of this. I didn't even know it. And every time there was a tent revival, my grandpa would be there and, and my grandmother made fun of him for being a tongue talker. So years had gone by and I said, to, I said to the Lord one day in prayer, this must have been 20, 25 years ago, I said, what do you tell my grandpa? Because all this time has gone by, all this time has gone by and his wife never came and his firstborn son never came. And his second, born son, his second born son never came. I said, I don't know how heaven works. But I said, if he asks, what do you tell him? And he said, well, I tell him he's got a son preaching the gospel all over the world. Yes. See, that's the way God thinks. And if you have got a child that has rejected Jesus, man, you've got to double down on those grandchildren. You've got to save them. You've got to rescue the perishing. You might have to invest something in them. Amen? Amen? And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time. What are you going to do in heaven without your children? Are you going to stand there? I'll tell you what. I'm not going to do it. Man, I made up my mind 20, 25, 30 years ago. Man, I'm not going to do it. 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 I'm not going to get there and wonder what, where are my children and where are my eyes out in heaven. This thing of me, 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 honor me is wicked. Verse 31, so Samuel went back to Saul, went back with Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. Then Samuel said, bring me King Agag of the Amalekites. Agag came to him confidently thinking, surely the bitterness of death is past. But Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so will your mother be childless among women. And Samuel put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Now notice the language of the word of God. Samuel put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal. Now tell your neighbor, that's a man of God. Tell the neighbor on the other side, that's a man of God. And by the way, why did Samuel put Agag to death before the Lord at Gilgal? Because those were God's instructions. Get it? Samuel obeyed God where Saul had failed to obey God. Verse 34, then Samuel left for Ramah, but Saul went up to his home in Gibeah of Saul until the day Samuel died. Now get this, this is a big principle people don't want to hear and they don't want to follow. Verse 35, until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, though Samuel mourned for him, and the Lord was grieved that he had made Saul king over Israel. So Another reason God's people don't prosper is they stay connected to disobedient so-called Christians. Yeah, but pastor, that's my friend. You're not going to rise above the level of your fellowship. You show me your five best friends and you can, I can average the income of your five best friends and that's about what your income is. You're not going to rise above the level of your fellowship. 
Notice that until the day Samuel died, he did not go to see Saul again, so we are not under any obligation to fellowship with people. Now, that doesn't mean we talk bad about them. It doesn't mean we try and hurt them. It doesn't mean we try and do something to them. But we, we're not under any obligation to fellowship with people. So with all those blessings and advantages, Saul did not do what God had commanded him to do, and his life was ruined, and his life ended in shambles. Number six, if you're taking notes, obedience is your number one key to prosperity and success. Number six, if you're taking notes, obedience is your number one key to prosperity and success. To obey is better than sacrifice. Most Christians out here brag about how they're doing without serving the Lord. What they're actually doing is celebrating the curse. God does not want you to do without. God wants you to cheerfully and gladly obey. Say it out loud. With joy and gladness. With joy and gladness. With joy and gladness. Do I serve you, O Lord my God, in my day of prosperity? Say it again. With joy and gladness. With joy and gladness. With joy and gladness. Do I serve you, O Lord my God, in my day of prosperity. So in this regard, there is a verse every Christian ought to get their mind around, and it's Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28, verses 47 and 48. Because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity, therefore in hunger and thirst and nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord sends against you. He will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. And that is where America is in 2020. We got this Wuhan virus, and we did exactly what they did, lockdowns. Because the United States of America would not serve the Lord with joy and gladness in its time of prosperity, that they killed all these babies, and they did the transgender stuff, they got drag queens in public schools, and the, the wrath of God is being poured out. Now, God will protect us. Lift both hands and say, thank you, Father God. You protect me. Thank you, Father God. You bless me. Thank you, Father God. You prosper me. But, but that only applies if we're doing what he's telling us to do. <laughs> the guy that wrote that song, there came a point up at I-30, I said, I don't ever want to hear that song again. I am a friend of God. Because everybody went nuts singing, I am a friend of God. But everybody I saw having a happy time was uh, disobedient to God. Ain't nobody ever wrote a song, I'm a tither of God. <laughs> and that guy, a few weeks ago, endorsed the abortion candidate. He ain't no friend of God, he's a friend of Satan. Make it plain, Pastor. Make it plain. We often quote Isaiah 119, but what does Isaiah 119 say in context? If you are willing and obedient, you will eat from the best of the land. Verse 20, but if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In 1 Samuel 2.30, when God rejected Eli for not following instructions says, those who honor me I will honor, but those who despise me will be disdained. How do we honor God? By obeying him. How do we honor God? By doing what God says to do. And Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. But what's the context? Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I also will ignore your children. I mean, every time you disobey God, you put your children at risk. Most Christians out here brag about how they're doing without serving the Lord. What they're actually doing is celebrating the curse. And actually, the opposite is the case because Isaiah 119 in the Living Bible says, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. And this, this is the beef, and I know it. You have to understand, I'm a smart guy. I, I understand it. I do. This is the beef. But I crossed the bridge, man. 
We heard Fred Price the first time, June 1988. But I, I needed a few more beatings. I, I needed to get my backside kicked a few more times by the devil. It wasn't until over in 89 when I got rebuked in prayer. I said, Lord, I'm tired of not ever having any money. And the Lord spoke to me and said, son, you don't ever have any money because you never save any money. But that's when I battened down the hatches, man. I bought me a one-year-old 1988 BMW 535, 1989. It had about 9,000 miles on it. It was like new. And it had a cassette player. First car I ever had with a cassette player. Now, you don't know what that is. But I, brought, I, bought, uh, I bought Fred Price's 55-part series on the power of a positive confession. And you have to understand, not like now, I got all these people working for me. I don't even know how many people work for me. I stopped asking years ago. It frightened me. I don't want to know how many people I have working for me. I got all these people working for me. So you understand, if we need something from Sam's, Pastor Gene's not going, uh, you know, uh, so I'm not doing all this anymore. But back in those days, I went to Sam's. I went to the office supply. I did every hospital visit. I did everything. And I'm listening to Fred Price. I mean, uh, I, I just immersed myself in it. And I changed. Don't tell me you need six years to change. I just changed. And I saw it. That the reason God's people do without is they're disobedient. Then, because they don't want to accept personal responsibility, they go out and they tell everybody they're suffering for the Lord. The Lord doesn't want you, the Lord doesn't need you to suffer. The Lord needs for you to obey. And if you would obey, you wouldn't suffer. Say it out loud. The Lord doesn't need for me to suffer. The Lord needs for me to obey. And if I would obey, I wouldn't suffer. And this leads me to the next thing. And I know it's the beef. I do. I'm a smart guy. I get it. Because, you know, well, man, I love, I love the church facilities, man, concrete parking lot. Oh, man, love the building, love the music, love this and that and the other. But, you know, pastor, he's just not humble. Well, this all goes back to 1989. Blame it all on Fred Price because I learned that I will not dishonor my Lord that way by talking like I ain't got nothing, I can't do nothing, I am nothing. I won't dishonor my Lord that way. No, 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 no. My God opened up the windows of heaven. My God poured his bounty out upon me. My God gave me a bunch, several, several, several chariots of fire. Amen. And and then blame Isaiah, blame Isaiah. If you'll eat the best, of, if, you, if, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best of the land. And then, then blame Dad Hagen. If, if it's the will of God that you eat the best of the land, it must be the will of God that you wear the best of the land. If it's the will of God that you eat the best of the land, it must be the will of God that you drive the best of the land. If it's the will of God that you eat the best of the land, it must be the will of God that you live in the best of the land. So I just followed my fathers. I just followed, I What? I followed instructions. I followed instructions. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, and I know, well, tell your neighbor, there he goes again. I ain't suffering. I'm not suffering. I'm not suffering in my body. I'm not suffering financially. I'm not suffering in my mind. I don't need therapy. Amen. I'm not suffering. You want to know the power of God? This is amazing. In 2020, I have not had the sniffles. In 2020, I have not had a headache. In 2020, I have not had a cold. Literally. Forget about that COVID, you know what. I mean, not even sniffles. So it makes me wonder what I used to put up with because I wasn't bearing down on confession. Tell your neighbor, you don't have to put up with any of Satan's nonsense. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you don't have to put up with any of Satan's nonsense. Tell the, tell, tell the first neighbor, you don't have to do without. You can obey God. Tell the second neighbor, you don't have to do without. You can obey God. So hear me now, I'm about to say some of the most important words you'll ever hear in your entire life. The reason God's people do without is because they have been disobedient. 
and wanting to self-justify themselves, they do not admit they are doing without because they have disobeyed God, and so they turn around and blame God. They double down, and they blame God. Christians who disobey God and do without blame their troubles on others, all right? They blame their troubles on God. Well, I'm suffering for the Lord. No, you're not. You're suffering because of your own disobedience. If you would just obey God, if you would just follow His instructions, you could give up your doing without lifestyle and walk in the covenant and the blessing of God. If you obey, you don't have to do without. Tell your neighbor, if you obey, you don't have to do without. Tell the neighbor on the other side, if you obey, you don't have to do without. Isaiah 119, Living Bible, if you will only let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. That's what the Bible says. Obedience is the key to everything. Number seven, number seven, you can write your own, take it with God, just do it, just do the word. Obedience is the key to a life blessed by God. Number seven, you can write your own, take it with God, just do it, just do the word. Obedience is the key to a life blessed by God. Obedience is the key to everything. Now I know this sounds old-fashioned, but how's all that newfangled stuff working out for the church across America? Like the words that were whispered into my spirit man the other day while I was out walking and praying, obedience is better than sacrifice. Then the Lord said to me, this is the lesson from the Old Testament. My New Testament people never learn. My dear friends, let that not be said of us. The sad story of King Saul in 1 Samuel is a lesson for every Christian. God can call you. God can change you into a different person. God can anoint you. God can give you position and wealth. But if you do not do what God says to do, with your life, your life will end in ruin. Obedience is the key to everything. Don't make God regret blessing you. A.W. Tozer said, if we try to obey without faith, we get nowhere. If we try to have faith without obedience, it ends in nothing. A.W. Tozer also said, we've substituted praying for obeying. Prayer will be effective when we stop using it as a substitute for obedience. And Dad Hagen used to say God's people are forever trying to get by the laying on of hands or by fasting or by anointing with oil that which will only come to them by obedience to the Word of God. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because He loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.